everybody, and welcome to another episode of Middle of the Row, the podcast. This is our 150th episode of the prime timeline <laughs> of uh, episodes. We have lost, I think we devised, we lost three total. And those technically, I think I skipped them in the count. So technically, there's only been 147 official what was the episodes. Third one? Snowman, the silence, snowman, and solo. Uh. Um, Ben sabotaged. You guys just—I bet you guys didn't even actually record it because I wasn't wait. What there. was the other one? Silence. Solo. Oh, the yeah, silence. You it was guys that Netflix lost movie. that one without me. It was like a quiet place, but not. With Sabrina. Bird Box 2, a.k.a. not Bird Box. I still need no, to watch Bird like Box. No, it's more like a quiet place. Oh, the one with, uh, oh, the one with Stanley Tucci? Yeah. yeah. We recorded that? Yeah, we did. Well. I had the best did. jokes and no one will <laughs> ever hear them. <laughs> well, you and Lauren recorded it. But, but <laughs> yes. Snowman was the first one, though, right? Because yeah, that's why it's called Snowman. Yeah. That's where the term snowman. snowman. Okay. Yeah, I just want to make sure. Because we yeah. were polite enough not to call it binning or something. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we've had a couple bonus episodes on random movies and a couple TV reviews that I think that were out of context. Decades Best is in the feed. A couple of John's uh, Middle of the Dials. But yeah. 150. Congrats to us. Nice work. We have not improved since episode one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're definitely probably better than the beginning. We have better mics. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't know. (laughs) (laughs) This week. Well, wait. Also, hold on. We also, Zach, you texted us. We passed our first episode going to a thousand listens recently. Yeah. That was also pretty exciting. I I would like to apologize to each and every one of those people. (laughs) <laughs> I wonder. I still don't know why that episode gets hit so much. Uh, the Into the Spider Verse episode. Yeah, I but, feel like um, we were definitely not the only people talking about how great that. Yeah, was. that's what I mean. Obviously, a thousand hits is a major podcast says me. that in five it's seconds. But it's just Lauren. It's the whole, the one mm-hmm. episode she's listened to. But this week is our last episode uh, ever. for the year <laughs> because we burnt through all of them during COVID times. So, um, this episode, well, I'm really slacking on, I got like four in the tank right now (laughs) as school started, but we're going to figure stuff out. Uh, we have a new release for next week. Follow us on Patreon. No Patreon yet. Maybe we'll launch a Patreon by the time the 150th episode comes out. I don't think anybody would join. We could pay an editor, Zach. It'd be great. Why would I do that? (laughs) I could do it for free. Fair enough. We can pay an editor just to catch up and then be like, psych. <laughs> but um, we, we, we're going to, th- hopefully there's a lot of streaming new releases coming out. But yeah, so we'll keep having stuff for the rest of the year and we'll figure out what to do outside the bonus or the flashbacks. Yeah, we have the next but, um, two weeks lined up. Yeah. What's after Devil Enola All the Time? Holmes. I think that's the following oh, yeah. week. Oh, ne- two yeah, Netflixes it, it, in a row. Does it come out Friday or... Because that un- that other movie came out today, weirdly. Yeah, I'm like 40 minutes into it. How? Why do you why do, do you do that, that to yourself? <laughs> um, Enola Holmes is a Wednesday, the 23rd. They must be switching the release structure to get a head start on the weekend or something mm-hmm. like that. This week's episode is my pick and last of the year. It's from 2010. Mm-hmm. 
and is the documentary by Banksy, Exit Through the Gift Shop. Um, this movie, I'm pretty sure I put in my uh, top 100 of the decade. And um, I still think it holds up. I, I'm still a solid A on this movie. I, I was a little wary in the beginning. Like, it, it is pretty generic for the first... Like, it's interesting, and uh, the main character, who is uh, Terry Guetta, is this guy who had been filming street artists by random. Uh, randomly came across him. He was related to one of them, I believe. And was, But was like, this this guy who recorded literally everything in his life and then just put the tape away and never looked at it ever again. And uh, he ends up partnering up with Banksy in his early goings and uh, d- records for him and he was supposed to make a documentary about street art and in one of the best scenes of the movie is Banksy <laughs> critiquing his uh, street art documentary which is literally ins- like it is it's interesting the video from the on, ring. like that's what it is <laughs> yeah i mean i mean it is there it, it is something uh but it uh yeah um so and then that's kind of where the film flipped, it is something Banksy, it yeah. does exist <laughs> Banksy uh, took over at that point, and I, I imagine got his hands on all a, a lot of Terry's footage, and then kind of crafted his own documentary. And I think that's where the movie really gets quite good, as it becomes a you know a really prescient movie on the future and social media and how stupid art is sometimes. <laughs> and um, this is a there was an HBO documentary that came out a couple years ago called like it's something in reference to the the amount of money that's being spent in it uh, on these paintings and stuff like that and it's uh it's funny how much the Terry Guetta guy is comparable to Dan Klaus I think that's his name who does like the he did the bean thing in Chicago those and he does those balloon animal aluminum looking thing oh, that's he, what he's famous he made for the actual bean I thought there was some like based on the bean that i didn't know about oh no i think i well that's the thing though when they visit him he's like terry guetta and he's just he hires a bunch of artists and he's like yeah do this and this and it's my art and but he doesn't actually do any of the work it's which is a fucking which i think is something that's always happened in the art world like there was a print i'm sure there's many master paintings by whomever that was you know, created out of a little house of art house um, where they had people working for them and working in their styles and what have you. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's super entertaining, super fast paced, um, has a lot to say. And I don't know, I, it still really held up for me. But Terry is just a great character to watch. And Banksy really nails uh, the commentary. So does Shepard Fairey gets a couple good jabs in on him so as you, well. Do you think this isn't actually real? Like, yeah, I don't buy into the the like. Is this a big? There's too much footage of Terry to not be real. And if it is just a joke by Banksy, I guess what what does he gain from it? I, Wait, I so don't you know. do you think it's real? <laughs> That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, I think he's real. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Terry, this was, we're watching a real thing. Yeah, I basically assumed this was the real version of that Joaquin Phoenix movie. Uh, <laughs> what was it called that we did? You I'm were still. never really here or something like that. Nope, that's his other oh, movie. <laughs> I'm still here. There it is. 
I'm still hearing. The one, the one it reminded me of was The Room, where it's just Are you so... sure it wasn't, I once was there? Am I here? Like... <laughs> It was like the the way the room is just like is that my beer, not, not the room, but like the disaster artist style, where it's like it's so bizarre. Someone couldn't make this up. In a sense. Yeah, it's just so <laughs> so outlandish and so crazy. And ben, I mean, it's I, thank like, you. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that because if a Terry was a real person, he literally are not a real person. He gives possibly the greatest performance ever in yeah. the history of film. <laughs> like that's to Ben's point. Ben, after yeah. after I finished watching this, I was like, "This reminds me of the Disaster Artist," which probably riffs off this a lot. But there's also something else in like like modern pop culture, like lore and memory that had this kind of zeitgeist around, except probably more. And yeah, the room that the Disaster Artist that was yeah yeah, was and it's just that's that same it's that same just one guy with control and he's so confident in his own skill and how he's going to be this big star but it's not even his him own is just skill. like yeah and everyone else <laughs> around him is just cringing and surprisingly it's a hit you know for all the wrong reasons so but with that lauren i'm curious because you being the artist of the group professionally trained classically trained institutionally trained trained (laughs) um like i'm curious about like the line that is crossed from um shepherd fairley and banksy to um rob schneider light where (laughs) pop art becomes something that is purposely like critical of the medium and culture and that kind of thing versus just the replicate. Like, like what makes, what's the difference between Mr. Brainwash and Banksy invader? Uh, I think I mean, it's Banksy creates a lot of his own two. stuff though. It's like they're comparing Mr. Brainwash to Andy Warhol. And those are definitely more comparable. But just because he, yeah. Yeah. But like yeah. Banksy. Could... But like even even then, Andy Warhol was like renowned for his art and like in like making the mundane like interesting yeah. or I mean, whatever. I mean, I'm not right? the best like person he... to ask because I was never an Andy Warhol fan. Yeah. But I mean, it just, he's it no seems... Jackson Pollock, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's just interesting that there seems to be. And again, I I am no artist whatsoever, but there there's. A distinctive line that's drawn between uh, some of these older street artists slash pop artists um, who are seen as like very like revolutionary and countercultural um, and subversive, who are combining like pop culture or like manipulating pop culture um, through their medium in an interesting way. Um, but there seems to be like a difference between what they're doing and what Terry's doing. And I I can't really describe the difference or see the difference except to say that maybe it's being done with less authenticity and less ingenuity and more for the sake of style yeah. versus substance. I mean with Banksy um, he always stood apart for me from the rest of the group and this one really was because he was creating original things. 
Whereas Mr. Brainwash was taking like something that was already made by someone else and just like painting sunglasses on them. It's like, <laughs> so yeah, it's like, I always, re- what was it? In art school, they were always like, if you're going to use something that someone has already made, you have to change like 90% of it to actually call it original art. I don't know if that's actually a rule that applies, but I remember my teacher telling but, me that and it's always stuck with me. I think it might be closer to 70. I mean, these But days, what's weird, knows? if you yeah. apply that <laughs> metric though, like, he did, like there was the one which was like John Lennon except like everything except his face was like connect the dots. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's kind yeah, of I, interesting. I thought those were cool. Like it's, it seems like there's a lot of interesting ideas that to Terry's credit, sorry, Rob Schneider's <laughs> credit that he's able to come up with. Yeah. And why are you calling him Rob? Because he looks like Rob Schneider, and I'm seventy two percent convinced that it's actually Rob Schneider. Um, I mean, in the same vein, we could say you look like Rob Schneider. <laughs> Touche. Um, but no, like, it's hard. Like, I wish I could. T- I wish I could see the original art that he based his stuff on and see, like, compare it just next to each other to see how much he actually changed stuff. Because I mean, there's style. I mean, a lot of it is the original yeah. art. <laughs> like your 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 assessment is pretty accurate. I mean, the stuff that looks like Warhol, he's stealing yeah. Warhol's thing, like whole cloth, you know. Or even the, uh, the like, replacing Marilyn Monroe's, like, hair and features kind of onto recognizable mm-hmm. characters or, or figures, excuse me. And even there's the one with Paul McCartney where it literally is just a picture of Paul McCartney, but then every part of his, like, torso yeah. is, like, a record. And, like, these are cool, interesting ideas. Um, even even the television monster, which is not original whatsoever, I look at it, I'm like, that's pretty fucking sweet. Oh, yeah, I enjoyed that one, that installation piece. But again, he and had so no just, part it, of that, I'm sure. <laughs> no, for sure. He just told these guys, hey, can you make me a television monster? Yeah, and I was monster? kind of surprised they didn't talk to more of those people who are actually there making the art, because I would have been outraged. <laughs> I mean, Yeah. <laughs> I think they got uh, the I'm outrage came they across. Got paid decently, hopefully, especially considering how much some of those pieces were going for. But it was also weird. Like it seemed like he was pricing it haphazardly. Oh yeah. Like he wasn't actually taking into account like uh, time meant or time spent by like yeah. the artist. He didn't it spend. Just, the it makes time me on laugh it. so much because I see that stuff. It's like, yeah, I would sell that on Etsy for like ten dollars, and then he's like ten million dollars or whatever it was. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> but. Yeah, I don't know. But, like, people were willing to pay that much money for it for some reason, so... Yeah, that, that other documentary, I should look it up, the HBO one, gets really into the, like, the collector mm-hmm. side of things and, like, the, the what drives them oh to Oh, my gosh. That, kind of that one collector, I couldn't stand. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you're purposely here so I can want to punch <laughs> you in the face. Like, that is your purpose <laughs> in this documentary. Yeah. So, Ben, what did you think of the movie? <laughs> Are we actually going around doing that for this one? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like, I just... I I thought the first two-thirds were fine, mm-hmm. but not, like, didn't really capture me. It's like, uh, I don't know what anybody's seen in this movie. And then the last, you know, 25 minutes or so, you know, with... Uh, Mr. Brainwash doing all of these, like getting his stuff ready, and then just everyone be everyone assuming it's going to be a dumpster fire. And I was so sad when it was like, su- successful. 
Yeah, and then everyone's <laughs> like, oh my god, this is amazing, mm-hmm. you know, like, what, th- this is the next Banksy. And that's like four and a half stars to me, that, <laughs> that, that, that 25 minutes or so. And I'm like dying. And the, like, my, my favorite bit in the entire movie is just Banksy being like, I'm never doing this shit again. This is so <laughs> stupid. Like, I, why would I help this? Like, why did I help this guy? Like, yeah. And it's just. I used to encourage all my friends to try and do art, and I'm yeah. not going to ever do that again. <laughs> yeah, but you think you would be fully into the statement that's being made with all these people buying these pieces for so much money considering yeah. this background I have where yeah. like he shredded art. <laughs> but the movie is kind of like him saying him showing the difference. Like it's him allowing him to say what I do is mm-hmm. art. What he's doing is bullshit. Yeah. And But people will people will buy the, yeah. People will buy yeah, whoever, call it fertilizer. Whoever people says buy that bullshit. <laughs> like the the talent of the artist doesn't matter. It's it's the the opinion, I guess, of like. You know. I mean, Mr. Brainwash had no art mm-hmm. before this thing, and you yeah, could like, argue he, he complete, still doesn't it, have any art. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone look into him? Is he still around doing stuff? I think so. Yeah. I don't know to what. Like, he's still making art. Oh, that, that, that poor bastard! My God, the thing at the end though, where it was like his wife has taken up the camera. It's like no, yeah. <laughs> get it out of the house. It's like how did she no. not leave him? He dumped all their money and kept refinancing the house and all this stuff. It's like why did you stick around? Yeah. He's a and now she's now. becoming him. Well, yeah, Jesus. now. <laughs> yeah, she stuck through with a mm-hmm. lot of bullshit with that guy for a long time. Yeah. Like, still I, kinda, I like Terry though. I don't like Mr. Brainwash, but like Terry, you understand like his appeal. Yeah, he's like, not. He's a weird. He's not a bad guy. guy. He's just really, yeah. really fucking weird. Like you know, <laughs> and I mean, considering the way his life went, you know, it it's understandable that he is a little <laughs> odd. <laughs> I think the uh, I like I was saying at the beginning I flipped on the movie a little bit once him and Banksy kind of hook up I think the movie works really mm-hmm. really it, well it picks up a uh, lot yeah yeah like the first I checked the clock like at 20 minutes and I was just like please make this end and then I finally got invested <laughs> yeah later. like it's <laughs> yeah the Disneyland scene is like a fun little heist <laughs> thing and it was kind of interesting to see like how the see, park was that reacting stuff makes to me it cringe like so that. much like i have this love-hate relationship with graffiti in general because it's like on mm-hmm. the one hand it's art and it's so fun to see all these little things that like just bring color to a city like a boring but street or something the but then rules. the other side of me is like i hate getting in trouble <laughs> i was the kid at sleepovers who when everyone else went out to tp i stayed at home so it's like just watching people <laughs> vandalize walls and stuff i'm just like i can't do it guys <laughs> but, so like seeing something well, like that at disneyland i was just like think of all the panic people had just seeing a hanging body there and the people who had to deal with it and yeah it's like ugh. especially if their kids there yeah. and stuff yeah although i did did appreciate how like that's how he earned banksy's trust is like yeah. The, the guards take him and he like slyly deletes all of his footage. He didn't like, even slyly <laughs> delete it. He did it right in front of their faces. Well, he like he, but he like he tricked them like into letting yeah. him do that. Yeah. On his like camera. I don't it's know like, what the rules is, are. Can a security officer not so just ballsy. look at the camera on their own? It's like how did you? No, fall they, for they're that? not police officers. Yeah, they couldn't. They can't. Yeah, yeah they, they don't that have was a such like anything. that was such a clutch move. And then Banks is just like, yeah, this guy <laughs> had like my undying trust. After that, it's like he fucking should. 
Like, but the, the best <laughs> one of the best lines of the movie is right before that, though, because when he's like, uh, yeah, I went and changed my clothes and I yeah. went for a ride on yeah. It's a Small World. He's like, and then I went on the Indiana <laughs> meanwhile, Jones Terry's ride. Meanwhile, Terry's getting harassed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Indiana Jones ride. Yeah. It, it, made me, it definitely like made me appreciate it because I feel like we live in a culture now where, to quote-unquote be countercultural, you just have to have a Wi-Fi connection and know how to type to 140 characters, but you're not really actually offering anything of use or risking anything of value versus like some of these street artists are putting, I mean, first of all, they're probably not making a lot on the front end for them to do their art. So they're literally breaking the law in order to get notice in order to get more fame in order to finally make a profit. Mm -hmm. And so, and again, all this time they're probably doing so out of creative intentions or also like some very like critical social commentary as well. And so it made me very appreciative of street street art culture and and especially that scene and that uh, little episode in the movie of the lengths of which performance art can take. But I think Lauren's background is a perfect example of how Banksy is still pushing that, you know, like um, I think that is only a year old or so. Yeah, Lauren, can you talk about that? Um, I don't remember when it happened, but at one point Banksy... He one of his pieces of art went on sale at an auction house for for just a shit ton of money, and like as soon as it <laughs> sold, he had built in a shredder into the frame of the piece of art. So like as soon as it sold, I don't know who triggered it, but like it just start like the um the piece of art just started going out of the frame and shredding as it went, and everyone was just like and just looking at it in pure horror. And it's just such it's such an interesting commentary on it though because it's like after that happened, they were like we didn't know if that made it like its value go down or actually more valuable <laughs> it's like, i probably went up because i mean they think it's they say it malfunctioned mm-hmm. but i imagine i would not put it past them he was smart enough to have it stop mm-hmm. halfway so it you now that person is oh did it oh it stopped halfway. Yeah, it, stopped. it did it oh yeah. okay gotcha. yeah i think the art the piece still sold and i'm sure that person is hanging it on their mm-hmm. wall looking just like it is in that yeah, picture especially yeah. how famous of, it is yeah. now yeah, but yeah. what's interesting is, and this is what's interesting about art and like a, a like a, a theme explored in the movie. In order for that to be so popular, like he just he essentially had to like like that image is something that he's already painted on numerous bridges mm-hmm. or buildings and or like variations landscapes. of the same like setup. Yeah, already, and so the image itself is not unique or original. It's who it's ascribed to. It's the mm-hmm. artist that's ascribed to. And so it brings up this interesting commentary on art where it's like, like, how are we assigning value or worth to these things? Um, which is, which by the way, is still great for the artist. Again, they're getting compensated for their work, but like also it's all kind of silly though, too, at the same time. Right? Like. But know. again, I think that's why the film was advantageous to him to point out, hey, I I created a style. I created, I have been always doing things that are, you can take as commentary. And that's why my, my work is trying to say something and is why it could be seen as valuable. Mm-hmm. Where he just straight up just is trashing Mr. Brainwash as just, <laughs> there's nothing of value here. You guys are dumb and stupid for buying his art. 
and but at the same time he he's kind of admitting defeat at that like but fuck he's making millions of dollars too so what do i know um yeah i know it's really i I, i'm it it, it's crazy how prescient it still feels 20 or 10 years later um like it could have came out today and it would be like yeah this is talking about things that are you know it'd be really interesting to see the updated version of it actually and if someone applied how you know like you know influencers on social media and how all of that people are making money and endorsed by, by like because you're on the bachelor you get you know i don't I, and it's it is just a metric you know it's like well a company's betting that you're going to be able to you have two million people following you so this will get seen by that many people, you know, I mean, I get it, but at the same time, you could just spin it all the way into like the advertising realm. Like, it seems crazy that we're still basing advertising revenues on, you know, like a show's success on a major network is still bound to its ratings. And it's like, if you just put the show online through NBC.com and you could guarantee the ad face time being seen, you know, it's, it's a weird world of that again we could mine even deeper i think um that whole the television ratings is something that feels completely backwards and has never been properly assessed in the last 10 years but i'm not going to make that documentary yeah i don't know if i have much more to say on this one does anybody have any other good line banksy lines or i mean i think every time he opens his mouth he's pretty funny in the back half I mean, of the, the only movie. thing i wrote down was just the thing he said about andy warhol warhol where he's like uh, he's kind of the rightful heir to Andy Warhol in a way. Andy Warhol made a statement by repeating famous icons until they became meaningless, but he was extremely iconic in the way he did it. But then Terry really made them meaningless. <laughs> there, there was also a moment with Terry where he was trying to like, he was trying to say something. Again, it's kind of frustrating that he's also got like a pretty formidable uh, French accent, but... He, he just stumbles over the same phrase for, like, yeah. five minutes. And finally he just goes, I, I just love him, in, in reference to Banksy or whatever. And it's just like, what? That's what you were trying to say this yeah. entire time? <laughs> yeah, I, I like that moment a lot. I really like the opening, just, like, the first bit with Banksy, where it's like, yeah, this was supposed to be a documentary about me, but this guy's just way more interesting <laughs> than I am. So it's like, I thought that was great. And then the other line where... I don't remember what exactly was, but it was when he sees the the movie that he put together, and he's just like well, life remote he's control. Yeah, and he's like he's certainly no filmmaker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it was at that point that I realized that maybe Terry wasn't actually a filmmaker, and he was maybe just someone with mental problems who happened to have a camera. <laughs> can you, oh, can you imagine having to be the person who actually went through all that footage just to make this? Right? I know. Oh, you, I would have gone insane. <laughs> but like, honestly, the way the movie was set up, I kept expecting, like, expecting the um the other foot to fall. Where it's like, at some point, I just assumed Terry like fell off the top of a building or something, and this was going to be like in memoriam or something. <laughs> but no, it's like, no, he's doing well. He's like a billionaire now or something. <laughs> he fell off a ladder. So. He did. Yeah. But it's also, I mean, that's part of the, one of the moments that does make it seem kind of like a mockumentary is that it, like, the narrator posits it as like, 
everything was going good until this one moment. Yeah. And then it's, it's like flash stuff. photography of him falling <laughs> off the ladder. Yeah. And then it's like scenes of him in the hospital. And it's like a borderline fracture on his like foot. And you're like, are you serious? Like, hey, this man. is the big dramatic like climax. Feet injuries hurt. I had to have a toenail removed from my toe and I thought I was dying. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It was rough. Uh, that's going to do it, it seems like, for Exit Through the Kiss Shot. <laughs> I, think, I think this is the best quote to sum it up, and this is Banksy okay. himself. Oh, by the way, all the all the quotes on IMDb are, are classic, but uh, the very first one, I used to encourage everyone I knew to make art. I don't do that <laughs> so much anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no. My final thought is just screw Banksy for what he did to that elephant. <laughs> Yeah, that was, you that just was give him a little weird. painting. I don't putting know. Putting him in a like putting him in a building with all those yeah. people that he seemed pretty that chill. Had to be so unsafe for like. My first thought was like, <laughs> man, I hope that paint isn't like. Toxic. I know that's all oh, I could I'm think sure. about. It's like, oh it, no, like, he's gonna go, he's gonna Goldfinger. He's gonna die. <laughs> 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 yeah, regardless of whatever precautions that may have been taken, like it did seem like uber exploitative yeah it's a high stress I feel like but wasn't he also commenting on that too at the same time that doesn't like, matter wasn't that the point of the piece <laughs> i don't care I don't what know. the point of the piece I mean, it's just you don't make a piece of art about like child or like um i don't know hungry kids in africa by just putting an african child there that's just sitting there not eating food <laughs> it's like there, there's a line <laughs> the end that was my high horse i guess <laughs> 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 I also just couldn't think of the word emaciated, so. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Next week, we are going to be reviewing a Netflix new release. Um, one of their, they started their string of their kind of festival movies uh, two weeks ago with the release of Charlie Kaufman's I'm Thinking of Ending Things, the best movie of the year, and y'all should watch it. That endorsement right there means I will never watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um. I thought Tony Collette was going to get oh, that's you. That's true. I'll do it for her. Jesse. Also, I don't mind me some Jesse Plemons. Mm-hmm. He's great. They're all great. The Devil All the Time is our new movie um, from Netflix. It's star- are directed by Antonio Campos, who I've heard of, but I don't think I've seen any of it. Simon Killer, I remember hearing was good. Uh, Christine, I heard, was really good. And uh, What's Her Face was excellent in it. Um, Rebecca Hall. But. Um, no, uh, I, this will be my first one of his movies, but this is a pretty big breakout for him. He's always done pretty small things. Apparently, he's making The First Omen is his next movie. The Devil All the Time stars ad- adaptation of a book, I believe. Um, a gothic, southern gothic thing. It's got Tom Holland, Bill Skarsgård, Riley Kehoe, Jason Clark, Sebastian Stan, Haley Bennett, Eliza Scanlon, Mia Vasakaska, Robert Pattinson. Pokey Lafarge. I'm picking out any other names I <laughs> the, recognize. The novel is by Donald Ray Pollock. This has been getting okay reviews. I'm still, I'm still definitely intrigued to watch it. I'm excited to see Tom Holland uh, spread his wings a little bit, and I'm always excited to see Robert Pattinson. Even though I got a taste of what he is in this movie and uh, watch out, but um, yeah. This will be my Robert Pattinson fill while I can't watch Tenet. <laughs> so next week, The Devil All the Time. It's on Netflix. Uh, go give it a watch if you want to stay caught up with us. And um, We don't even stay we'll caught figure, up I with think, us with all this backlog of yeah. podcast episodes. <laughs> um, 
I'm only like a couple days late from one a week, which I've been pretty good at for a while. So, yeah. Until next week, I'm Zach Oldenburg. You can find me wherever you can find at Zach Oldenburg. You can find us at middleofrow.com. Rate and review the podcast. Apparently, it helps things. I'm Ben Grigsby. You can follow me on Twitter and Letterboxd at the Grigsby Bear, and you can follow all of us on Facebook at Middle of the Row. I'm Jonathan Rahul, and you can at another Rahul J, and follow us on Twitter at Middle of Row. <laughs> and I'm Lo- hashtag mm-hmm. No Though. We haven't used that in a while. We've uh, never used. Also, it. follow us on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I'm Lauren Heimbaugh. You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees, and you can find us on Tumblr at middleofrow.tumblr.com. Thanks for listening. Go watch The Devil All the Time. And remember, the best seats are in the middle of the road. <laughs>